And good afternoon, Miner fans. Thanks for joining us. Nice to have you along, and welcome to the season's second edition of UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel as we come your way live from the Larry K. Durham Sports Center on the north end of the Sun Bowl Stadium. We're just outside the UTEP football offices, and it is game week for the 103rd season of UTEP Miners football as the Miners are set to open, and they're this close now, Saturday night at 7 o'clock, uh, right down on the uh, Sun Bowl artificial turf against the uh, Lumberjacks of Stephen F. Austin University. And uh, as a result, we've got uh, so much to get to during the show tonight. Uh, We'll preview the Miners and the Lumberjacks, and we've got a lot of different topics uh, we want to talk about with you, including uh, we'll taking a look at uh, the Miners' uh, defensive unit. Last week, we pretty well looked at uh, UTEP's offense, talked a little bit about special teams. So this week we'll look at uh, defensive personnel as we get you set for the season opener on Saturday at 7 o'clock. Just a quick reminder there are still plenty of tickets available for the season opener which obviously will be at reduced capacity with social distancing and I invite you in that vein to check out uh, this week's edition of the uh, UTEP Picks Up podcast which will drop tomorrow on uh, utepminers.com, the official website of UTEP Miners Athletics, or Spotify, because I'm going to be talking with Nick Popplewell, UTEP Senior Associate Athletic Director, about everything as it pertains to game day. So if you're planning to attend on Saturday night or any of the Miners' uh, six home games this year, I think it'll be an interesting listen for you as you get ready for a a difficult, not necessarily a difficult, but a different and unusual season as the Miners get set to kick off their uh, season and their home schedule Saturday against the uh, Lumberjacks of Stephen F. Austin. The uh, parking lots will open three hours prior to kickoff at 4 p.m. The Sun Bowl Stadium gates will open two hours prior to kickoff at 5 p.m. And then at 7 o'clock, it'll be the Miners and the Lumberjacks in the season opener. So let's not waste another moment. We'll step aside, take our first break. Coach Dimmel joins me, joins you, and we'll talk UTEP football when we come back. It's UTEP football with Dana Dimmel from the Larry K. Durham Center on the UTEP campus. Right back on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back to uh, this edition of UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel. If you'd like to get into the show at uh, any point, 880-5763 is the number, 880-KROD. Or you can tweet at UTEP Minor Voice on Twitter. Send any uh, question or comment uh, you'd like us to address uh, during the program. Reminder that Pepsi is the official beverage sponsor of the UTEP Miners. Pepsi, that's what I like. And, Dim, uh, here we are, game day, uh, the season opener of uh, 2020, the Miners and the uh, Lumberjacks of Stephen F. Austin, we hope, on Saturday at, uh, at, uh, at 7 o'clock. But, uh, you know, certainly uh, from time to time, I, I would assume, uh, since uh, this, this cropped up back in March and interrupted the Miners' uh, spring drills, uh, you've uh, had your doubts as to whether or not uh, this moment would arrive. Yeah, this is a great time to be uh, where we are, you know, and um, – at times, you really felt like, is it ever going to happen? You know, there were so many hurdles in the way for all of us to get to football. So many sports fans out there, you know, spending the, the time in quarantine without any sports to watch, you know. And, um, you know, frustrating for a lot of people in so many ways. But just on the leisure side of things, uh, you know, it was very frustrating for all the fans not to have it. So when we were finally getting close now, there was a college football game uh, last Saturday, right? And I'm sure it was very highly watched, right? I mean, it got, yeah. I'm sure the ratings were crazy, yeah. insane. And then to think that the NFL is just right around the corner, too, you know, so the, some, re, you know, some return to normalcy with that. Uh, they seem to have been doing a really good job in the NFL of managing things to this point. The NBA has done an incredible job, Tice, with that bubble concepts. Absolutely. Has that just been phenomenal? Right. And it's been great, you know, just back-to-back games. Baseball's working through it, you know, as we're going to work through it with college football. You know, they're working through it. Hockey's got the bubble concept with what they're doing. So, you know, it's coming back that way, and we just all got to continue to practice safety and, 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 and all the things that go with it. It has been anything but a typical preseason camp 
for UTEP football. You've not been able to get in the typical number of practices right. that you would before your season opening game. Right. How would you say, as we're, what, 72 hours now about from kickoff, right. how would you rate the readiness of your football team for what they're going to see well, in the season opener you know, on obviously Saturday? Obviously, you just never know. As a head yeah. coach, you know, I know this is that uh, they're very, very eager to play. Uh, they're they're a confident football team, you know. I really believe that. Um, we got a, a lot of guys that I think are going to play with some great excitement. I know are going to play with some great excitement, and I'm just really anxious to watch them go out there and and do their things. And just as the preparation part of it, Tice, you know, um, I only think about that, you know, the lack of practices and stuff when I'm awake, you know. <laughs> Which is what, 23 hours a day? <laughs> way too much. Uh, so, wow, yeah, it's just, um, I was only just thinking about it a little bit ago while we're in here. You know, it's so nice we're talking about uh, where, where you can just pull me right out of the war room, right? I was in the war room five minutes yes, ago. Yes, you were. <laughs> and you came in right into the war room and pulled me out. And and uh, so I was just thinking about it 10 minutes ago. You know, what practice is this? You know, how do we feel? Where do we sit? You know, as we're putting together our Thursday practice for tomorrow, which is the fun one because we get in all the situational, you know, down and distance work and against the various looks we expect to see on Saturday night. You know, one of the things we talked about in our season opening show last week is the fact that the Miners have a, a more experienced staff, fortunately. Yeah. And it, obviously you've had to accelerate things in trying to get your football team ready to play. How have you and your staff been able to do that? Well, I'll tell you, it's nice to have been together now for a longer period of time, you know, with what we're doing. And we haven't had a whole lot of turnover on the staff. And, and that's been a positive thing. It really shows up now when you have less time to prepare to have that continuity. And we all have grown and matured together and learned how to work together more. Uh, going into year three, so I feel really confident about that part of it, and it's been a big plus for us in this in this condensed preparation time that we've had. Speaking of year three, I asked you a question yesterday that really we've not talked about in now your your third year here right. at UTEP, and now that we're uh, two years into the third year right. in to your time here at UTEP, how has it compared to what you thought it might be. Right, yeah. And you and I visited about that a little bit this morning uh, as we were waiting in line for right. our, COVID <laughs> our COVID test. To get probed. To get, yeah. Uh, it's been, um, you know, the, the dichotomy of having a uh, few scholarships and, having, and not having a lot of young talent in your program was an interesting uh, puzzle to, to piece together. And it and it's been you know it's been it's used taken every one of my thirty some years of, of of experience and resources, but I feel like and you and I talked about this I feel like we're so much more athletic I just feel like we've just done a really good job. Um, our evaluation of players has been tremendous. We haven't missed on very many guys on their physical talents, you know. And you and I talked about this too. We haven't missed much at all on physical talents. When we've had you're going to have misses in recruiting. It's just if you can shoot 60%, you're shooting a high number. You know, we haven't had very many physical misses. The misses we've had are on the mental toughness side of it, which you can't always get into in recruiting. You can't always figure that out in recruiting. But we, I think we've done a great job uh, of bringing up our talent level and our evaluations have been strong. And, and uh, you know, if you just look at our defensive line and offensive line, uh, when they take the field Saturday night, it's a, it's a pretty much, much, there's so much more body types that look like right. football players. No question. Yeah. No question. And, and uh, same is true at the linebacker, you know, position, you know, where we got lots of body types that look the part. Um, and then, you know, we know how we feel about our secondary. So we've, we've definitely increased the talent level of our football team. Now it's time for them to learn how to put it all together as a, a young group working together. New group working together is the best words to say and get it into, to matriculate into victories. One of the things you do before the uh, season opener uh, each and every year is select uh, team captains. And, and rather than you doing it or, or the 
staff doing it, uh, you allow the, the players to, to yeah. vote yeah. on who they believe should be their, their team captains. Have you sure. always done it that way? Uh, yeah, we've always done it that way. We usually do it in the spring so they can take leadership of the team over the summer. Obviously, that resource wasn't there for us. In years past, at other programs that we've been at, we've done it in, in the fall like we did it this year. It was more the Kansas State Bill Snyder philosophy that, that led us to doing it in the, in the spring so the summer they could lead, and it was really good that way because I saw when we started to turn the program around how the guys took great control of a program, which I had never seen before because when we were at Kansas State, we weren't good at times. And then when we came in, you know, when Coach Snyder came in and then hired me onto the staff, I got to see the change in the transition. It was the leadership of the guys taking control that changed the program. And so uh, I think we got a great a great group of leaders this year, a great group of seniors to lead our football team, a great group of captains, because obviously not all of our captains are seniors. Um, and some guys that are seniors this year aren't really seniors. They're just 50-year <laughs> players, right, because they can come back next year uh, if we choose to bring them back and they choose to come back, right? You know, when uh, when you when you got the votes and tallied them, you, you – Gave me a crack at guessing who yeah. who, who the, the the players yeah. had picked, and I must admit there were some surprises sure. among who the yeah. guys had picked. You know, there were yeah. some obvious choices. I thought offensively, certainly Quadres Wadley returning, right. uh, a fifth year senior, Justin Garrett. Uh, there's no question yeah. what what a leader he is on the defensive side of things. Stephen Forrester and right. all the experience uh, that he has. But uh, other than that, I thought there were some surprises. Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously. Um, we feel so comfortable about the way Gavin is received by his teammates. There's just, uh, I don't know how to put it this way, but there's just so much more of a comfortability for our football team with our quarterback position right now, you know, of just, they know Gavin, how much Gavin cares about the success of our football team. And that's got to be the guy that people know really, really cares about your football team having success. I feel like Gavin brings that to us. You know, I really feel like that's something that, that he really brings. Andrew Meyer was one that was a surprise to a lot. That was know? a huge surprise right, to me. Right. Yeah. And it goes to the things that I've been talking about, John. None of us know how the season's going to play itself out. But here's a new face that people don't even know who he is, right, that is a captain now, right, and, and is a it's been practicing at a tremendous level for us. Uh, athletic, a six foot four, maybe six five center that can run a five-flat 40, right, and as athletic as heck is going to be our starting center. And obviously the players respect him as mu enough to make him a captain. So I'm excited to watch him play. You know, the, 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 obviously the center and the quarterback, kind of the battery for lack of a better term, of a, of a, of a football team right. like the pitcher and catcher are sure. in, in baseball. But it's interesting that their teammates picked a duo in, in Gavin Hardison right. and Andrew Meyer as captains, neither of whom has yet yeah. to start a game. Yeah, that's kind of why you said you thought it was a surprise a little bit, right? Yeah. It shows you that, that they're watching how those guys have led and how our, change, how our teams change. And, you know, and, the, and the change has been the improvement that we've made. And those guys are playing at a high level right now for us. And so the team sees that and they respect it. And not only playing at a high level, but they do everything the way it's supposed to be done. They're great. They're great guys. They're great students. They're, they do. They, they, they just know and they care about. They care about their teammates. That's why I think those guys got it. Besides all the other attributes of their talent and everything, they see how much they care and they see how tough those two guys are. There's some toughness to those those two kids. Josh Caldwell and Praise Amahule. I don't think we're a tremendous surprise on the defensive side. Maybe Justin Prince a little bit in that uh, he's only played four games as a minor. Right. Yeah. Prince is such a catalyst to what we do and he plays with such great tenacity and intensity and everybody feeds off of him. He's the center fielder there for us in our defense, you know, and uh, uh, guys just see him as running the whole secondary, you know, and that's why uh, I feel like he got the votes there. And then Praise got him. You know, Praise is still a pup, really. He's just a sophomore, but he's such a talented player that they see. And the thing I've said about Praise before is that every day he comes hard. He practices hard. He never mopes around. 
He never he likes to play football and he practices that way. And guys have have fed off of that. And then Stephen Forrester, you know what kind of fan I am of his. And Josh Caldwell, you know, again just really really cares about our football team. And him and JG have been guys that care so much about our team. And JG practices at such a high level. And then you had guys like Jacob Cowing. They got a lot of votes. Uh-huh. Uh, you had guys like Forrest McKee, who's just stepped up and had a great camp, uh, who's leading our football team in many, many ways, got a lot of votes. Um, so there was other guys, too, you know, that, that, that got a lot of votes. And then Gavin Beckley is a special teams sure. captain for our football team, uh, is a leader. He's really got a lot of leadership qualities. And uh, he's not afraid to speak out and, and, and positively lead, lead his teammates in a positive manner. All right, let's, let's now talk about a tradition that's uh, relatively new to UTEP football, and that's uniform number two. Right. Which a year ago was going to be worn by a young man who unfortunately is no longer with us, Luke Laufenberg, the right. son of uh, a former Dallas Cowboy and Dallas Cowboys broadcaster Babe Laufenberg sure. was a tight end that was going to – make a, a, a nice contribution to this uh, UTEP football program and unlo- unfortunately lost an extremely courageous battle with cancer before he could uh, uh, put on the UTEP minor uniform. But uh, in, in tribute to Luke and in, in tribute to his family, the number two is going to be worn uh, from here on, at least as long as you're here, right. by uh, a deserving minor. Talk sure. about that. And that's not going to leave. You know, it's not changing. Our our loss of of Luke hasn't lessened any, and time won't do that to it. And that's been that's a promise from me of what he's done. Uh, for our program, what he meant to all of us, right? So he's not ever going to leave our thoughts and and our and be a huge part of our football team. And so the number two now goes to someone very very special on the football team. And Quadrez Wadley came to me and wanted to wear the number two, and uh, because he wants to, you know, he's a captain and he and he plays hard and he's a great citizen, and and he wanted to do it in respect for Luke. And then Tyson Wilson's also going to wear number two, obviously. Tyson's uh, a defensive back, yeah. young DB. And Tyson's mom was at our celebration for Luke uh, when I spoke about the number, how we were going to do the number. And so the first thing she did is reach out to me because they're from Dallas and say, hey, I would be so blessed and honored if uh, if you would let Tyson wear that number. You know, and Tyson, again, you know, uh, reiterated that to me and so he has it as well so because they 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 understand what that represents and what that means to our football program i'm sure it's an honor for those kids but it's a responsibility yeah too, isn't it yeah i can feel that q you know playing has that you know feels that burden and it's really neat for a program to have a tradition like that and one that'll continue to uh to be a huge part of what we're doing all right let's take a little break here and when we come back uh, we'll take a look at the uh visitors Saturday, the Lumberjacks of Stephen F. Austin. We'll talk about them a little bit. Remember, 880-5763 if you'd like to uh, get through on the phone or tweet at UTEP Minor Voice, my Twitter account, and uh, we'll pass along your uh, question or comment to Coach Dimmel. It is UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel from the Larry K. Durham Center on uh, the uh, 72-hour eve of the Miners' season opener. We'll be right back after this on 600 ESPN El Paso. It's the season's second edition of UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel. Welcome back as the Miners uh, getting ready for the uh, 2020 season opener. It's the Miners and the Lumberjacks of Stephen F. Austin in the Sun Bowl Stadium, 7 o'clock on Saturday. Again, 4 o'clock, the parking lots will open around the Sun Bowl Stadium. No tailgating permitted this year because of COVID, nor, uh, neither before or after the game, unfortunately. And then the gates will open at uh, 5 o'clock. The Miners and the Lumberjacks at 7. Our coverage begins at 6 p.m. Bring your uh, portable listening devices along. We'll have it for you starting at 6 with the uh, Longhorn Distributing Countdown to Kickoff show right here on 600 ESPN. Right is the official sponsor of uh, the UTEP Miners uh, 2020. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Stephen F. Austin, a Division II Actually, I guess they're Division One AA, aren't they? FCS. Yes. FCS yeah, is what they are. Yeah. Fully, football college subdivision, a member of the uh, Southland Conference. The uh, Lumberjacks uh, had their entire conference schedule 
canceled this year. The, the presidents of the uh, Southland Conference universities canceled their entire conference season and said you could go out and play how many ever games you want to play. And right now, and this shows you how fortunate the Miners are, right now the Lumberjacks have five games scheduled this year and one home game. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a spring training for them backwards. That's what you know what it means. They get time to get out, get great work in, and and then have a whole nother season in the spring, right? It's because the, they plan on playing their conference games in the spring now, so they're getting a lot of extra work in with their players, you know, and not using a year of eligibility. So there's a lot of positives for their for their programs, and some of these games they're playing are money games for them. You know, they're not playing a whole lot of huge money games because after us they go to S- they go to a UTSA and then they move the SMU game uh, to to later because I knew the minute the UTSA game let me let me the minute that TCU lost their game on the 12th I I knew SMU and TCU were going to try to play on the 12th sure. and Stephen F was scheduled to play SMU on the 12th so now SMU moved that game back to the 26th and stuck TCU in that slot I saw that coming from a distance you know and so uh but they don't have any huge money games in those early games obviously I haven't paid attention to what their other later I saw there was a later game for them and all that but I didn't pay much attention to to who it was it seems like it's late late in the year which is weird they've got they've got uh, they've got I, I think they've got three games in September right. then they've got a game in mid-October and then they go and play Eastern Kentucky I think it is in November that's the one I was talking about yeah just interesting so That'll be interesting for their team to stay, you know, to to to. to but they're going to get a ton of extra work in. What a bunch of extra work! Well, they for. may be still trying to fill in the gaps. Uh, who knows? Right. Find some yeah. other games as yeah. uh, as time moves along. Their head coach is a young fellow named Colby Carthel. He's in his second year as the as the head coach, and he's already had some career success. Uh, he came over from Texas A and M Commerce, where he guided that program to a Division II national championship. Yeah, yeah, and that's a good program. You know, David Bailiff's there now and had a really good year there as well. Commerce has done a good job, and Stephen F. has great tradition to it. You know, there's been some – Stephen F. has had some really, really uh, good ball clubs in the past, and it's a place where there's good tradition and there's high expectations at Stephen F. Austin because they've had a ton of success in the past, you know, because I've known some former coaches there that were head coaches that have had a lot of success there and and, and, uh, and, and really had good, very, very good programs. You can get some talent out of that East Texas area. You know, there's just a lot yeah. of talent. There really is. It's amazing. Colby Carthel also has ties to the UTEP football program. His father, Don, who is on his staff, as a special teams quality control coach, was an assistant for Bill Young here at UTEP for two years, coaching the offensive line. And Colby at that time was about seven or eight years old oh, and right. used to run around the facilities in yeah. the Sun Bowl Stadium. So I'm sure it's going to be an interesting return for him on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, it's got to be exciting for him. And, and uh, again, I always have a lot of respect for coaches, kids. You know what I mean? I always have. Uh, I just think they grow up in a, you know, a, a great environment, an interesting environment their life surrounded by and usually get taught a lot of really positive lessons as they grow up in life. They've got a returning quarterback, a kid by the name of Trey Self, who threw for over 2,500 yards a year ago. He's a senior. Tell us about him. Uh, he's a good, a very good player, uh, long, athletic, got good arm talent, uh, obviously, second-year starter, which will make a huge difference for them in their program to have some experience there at that spot. Uh, he, he can, he's, they have a, a great variety to what they do offensively. Um, as far as their formations, they'll do a bunch of different things with their formations. They're based out of a pistol set, and so they do most of their uh, pistol. Uh, they do a lot of pistol formations and have quite a bit of variety out of that. So Trey's a Trey's a good player, you know, and and just does a really nice job running that football team. They've got a sophomore receiver by the name of Xavier Gibson, second team All Southland a year ago. We had a year much like uh, Jacob Cowing had for the Miners, seven touchdowns, uh, nearly a thousand receiving yards. Yeah, and I think he would be – they have lots of FBS players on an FCS team, and and he is one, you know, and you see that a lot, especially in the Southland Conference, I think. Uh, you see it in other conferences. I mean, 
we've played a lot of you know FCS teams at K State and and had battles with them each and every year. You know we've had battles. I've said this before. We've had battles at K State the years we've won Big 12 championships where our first game was against FCS and it went down to the wire and we ended up being a 11 and 0 football team number one in the country after 11 games of one year. So you know FCS teams can have a lot of talent and this Xavier Gibson is that type of guy. You know that begs the question what in your mind is the difference between an FCS and an FBS player? Just the number of depth of players. Uh, players themselves are Yeah, it, just to, and, and, yeah. what is the difference between the talent Not, generally? Yeah, I mean the depth of talent usually sure, is the sure, difference. That's, sure, that's sure. the difference. The depth of talent, but the quality of certain players is just as high there. You know what I mean? Because there's so many guys that I've recruited in the past that only had, you know, like Trevin Wade, right? Trevin Wade's a great example. When when I was looking at Trevin, your Wade, new corners coach. Yeah, corners coach. When I was looking at Trevin, in recruiting, he only had one offer, and he might have been committed to an FCS school. Okay, and then his my nephew was his coach, right? His basketball coach. So my nephew calls and says, "Watch this kid's highlight tape." It was his basketball coach, and I said, "Well, geez, it's off the charts." So we offered him. Well, two days later, Cal Cal offers him. And just Jeff Tedford flies out in a helicopter and tries to get him to commit to Cal. Well, if we don't offer him, Cal's never going to come in the picture, right? Long story short, he still comes to Arizona plays for us, and he plays six years in the NFL. There's so many stories like that. The guys might have had, you know, FCS offers or one, and get one, one, you know, FBS offer and so on. So to me, a lot of these guys are, pl- are plenty good enough to play at any level. Both of their uh, top runners from a year ago are back. They're both seniors. Dalion uh, Ward and Josh McGowan each rushed for nearly 500 yards, uh, and uh, McGowan had uh, six touchdowns. What do they do defensively? Yeah, uh, defensively, they're they got uh, you know they'll mix up their zone and man coverages. They got some. I think their defensive ends are very good players. They got a linebacker a transfer from Arizona, Day Day Coleman, who's going to wear number zero. Taish. So when was the last time you called a game with a number zero out there? I can't remember. <laughs> and so they gave that number to him. I'm sure they're expecting huge things out of him. They got a couple corners that are very good players for him and a safety that's been around and done some really nice things. So defensively, um, you know, I think they do a good they do a good job with cause, because they're very very athletic with what they do. So we're going to we're we're going to face a group of good athletes this Col- weekend. Coleman, you mentioned from Arizona. They've got uh-huh. an Oklahoma State transfer, a safety named Chris McCune. They've uh-huh. got a defensive lineman who transferred from UMass and Osagidi. So uh, they've uh, they've brought in, they've imported some division right, talent. Right, exactly. And then a defensive end from Baylor uh, that's that's come on that had four sacks as a freshman at Baylor. So they've uh, they got some talent. Like I said, it's just it, they got power five guys that are playing for them now. So. Again, a lot of good athletes over they, there. They play, played a lot of freshmen a year ago. In fact, uh, Carthel said that he played his entire freshman class last year. That'll pay off starting yeah. this year. Willie Roberts was a third-team all-conference corner, had three picks a year ago. Marcus Mosley, a defensive end, a sophomore, nine-and-a-half tackles for loss. Yeah, you know what's nice about playing your whole freshman class last year <laughs> is something happened that you didn't know was going to happen. They got that year back. You know, it's just kind of like Davion Inyang. You know, I think I think think we've done a really good job of preserving redshirt years. If we didn't preserve a redshirt year as well as I would like to, it was Davion last year, but we got that year back now. So Davion's going to be with us for two more years now, and there's a safety for us that's just a great player. I know he's excited to have two more years, and we're excited to have two more years with him too. The Lumberjacks are going to come in here, and they're going to believe that they can leave with a victory on Saturday against a UTEP team that has to prove still that they can win. Yeah, exactly. I don't think there's any reason why they wouldn't think they're going to come in here and, and get a victory, you know. And so it's our job to try to to, to play great football and, and for us to get a, a win this weekend. You know, we, we were talking about preparation time and how it's been uh, obviously uh, compromised with uh, a lot of the things that have gone on. Uh, what what are what are some of the things that you know kind of slip through the cracks? When, when, when you don't have as much time as you need to get to all the situations that could crop up in a game and in a right. season yeah. on, on the football field. Yeah, it's the times that you get when you're in camp and you're preparing 
and you get the Sundays where the players have a day off and you get multi- multitudes of those Sundays where you get that day off and you have the whole day to reflect on what you have and haven't got in, right? And those are the days that we don't have now because, you you know, you got your days off, but during those days off, you're just really spending time instead of reflecting, you're spending time preparing instead of in reflection mode because you haven't got the work in that you need to get into this point. And so that kind of allows, you know, just you just have to really go through your checklist. And, and fortunately, because it's our third year here, we have a checklist of things that we have to get in each and every camp. And we've kind of gone through and checked those boxes, you know. So uh, we feel like, you know, hopefully, you know, you're always, you know, concerned about that uh, as a football coach, you know, because it's a dynamic game. Football is a dynamic, dynamic game. And to how fast it moves out there and how fast it changes and how how uh, you have to have such a trained eye to know because sometimes things happen. You can't see everything, right, especially when you're down on the field. You know, it's been a transition for me to go back down on the field, you know, because I was, was up sure. in the box for such a long time. Now, obviously... Uh, so the transition back to the field has been a transition for me. But experience is what you garner because you can see, you can know, you can know what happened by it's happened before. You might not have seen it happen, but you know if this happened with that play, then I know what happened even though I didn't see it happen. <laughs> and that's what experience sure. is, and that's what study and preparation is. And so, uh, you know, again, I'll be in my third year back on the field, and I feel like I'll have – you know, again, uh, that that part will improve for me as well. That's an interesting point. Yeah, I had an opportunity this morning at uh, practice to have a brief conversation with uh, the newest of the miners, and he's a young man from Australia. Your punter, your brand new punter, he's yeah. a freshman, Josh Sloan, and I just was trying to get a sense of of how these kids and it, it's a big industry now with these Australians coming over to kick in American college football how these kids get prepared to to do so what do you know about all of this and again of course Josh replaces Mitchell Crawford who had been the minors punter the last two years a fellow yeah. Australian you know Joe Robinson's definitely our, our uh, you know connection to that and Joe has had success with it at other universities and so it's very fortunate that Joe has that pipeline to these kids, and uh, he does a really, really good job with getting us great punters and, and again, evaluations. You know, so Joe had found this young man through the help of his connections in Australia, and then when Joe showed me the tape, we're like, "Gosh, this guy's got a thunder leg. He could boom it," you know. And he gets here, and he can boom it. <laughs> I mean, he can really, really boom it. And. Uh, well, we call, uh, Winston and I were talking about him like he's Phil Mickelson. He likes to launch bombs, like Phil says, right? But he's right-footed, so he says the Bryson DeChambeau of punting because he can just launch it. <laughs> you know, of course, it's interesting because he's from Melbourne, Australia, and I made him aware of a fact, obviously, he was not aware of, that UTEP, 35 years ago, long before he was born, played the first American college football <laughs> game ever on his continent, his hometown. So he yeah, found that interesting. Yeah, good for you, Tice. He yeah. found that interesting. That's one of your Tice, yep. Tice moments right Absolutely, there. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Remember it well. All He's right. a really interesting kid. Yes, he is. Yeah, yes, he kid. is. We're going to yeah. take a timeout. When we come back, we're going to talk about the UTEP defensive unit as we get you set for the Miners and the Lumberjacks of Stephen F. Austin. The season opener, Saturday night, 7 o'clock in the Sun Bowl Stadium. More of UTEP football with Dana Dimmel when we come back on 600 ESPN El Paso. Want to remind you uh, that uh, tickets still remain for the Miners Stephen F. Austin game on Saturday, and all advanced sales are uh, happening through remote means until further notice. You can call 747 UTEP. That's 915 747 UTEP. Go online to utepminers.com slash tickets or email tickets at utep.edu to get your tickets. The Sunbowl Stadium box offices on both the north and the south end will open as the parking lots open three hours prior to kickoff at 4 p.m. if you wait until game day to get your UTEP tickets this Saturday. But we hope to see you here. You'll need a face mask. Everyone will be social distanced and uh, we'll just enjoy a college football a little bit differently starting Saturday night as the minor take on the Lumberjacks of Stephen F. Austin. Dim, we've got uh, Papa Q and Abraham Rodriguez who send in uh, 
a couple of uh, questions. Uh, could we look forward, they ask, to seeing true freshmen play this weekend? And what about blue and gray shirts as well? Yeah. Um, well, okay, great question. Um, we will see some freshmen play, some true freshmen play this weekend for sure. Uh, surprise one that I think will get some opportunities that people will be excited to watch him play, but you'll see some more out there. Um, I could say maybe up to maybe four we'll get into the game. I could see. Um, and then uh, you'll probably see about uh, 15 blue shirts play in the game. Yeah, of our blue of our new this year blue shirts will probably be uh, 15 uh, or 16 of them play of our of our, our blue shirt guys. So it'll be fun. That's why I said lots of new faces. You know, again, one difference, one big difference for the true freshmen this year, unlike a year ago when you could only keep your year of eligibility by playing in four games or less. This year, it's a freebie. Yeah. So freshmen can play all 12 games and come back as a freshman a year from Exactly. Now. So that's why we're going to try to get these guys ready to play as much as we can and get them out there on the field and let them go. All right, let's talk about the UTEP defense uh, just a little bit. And, uh, you know, we talked about last week the Miners went heavily into the uh, junior college ranks to fortify their uh, roster this year, and most of it was on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's uh, excited to see Kelton Moss and Keenan Stewart play, you know, at the inside defensive tackle positions. Really looking forward to watching Daylon uh, Williams and Jadrian Taylor uh, get out there and, and play for us. You know, some of the new faces on the defensive front that are all junior college players for us. I think those guys, uh, you know, are going to add a lot to that front group for sure, uh, and looking forward to Tyrese Knight at linebacker, you know, stepping up, and, and Gary Theard right. at linebacker stepping up and doing some good things for us. Connor Helsius is another junior college linebacker that'll work himself and work himself back into the ro- or into the rotation, uh, you know, for sure uh, there as well. Uh, and then of course in the secondary, you know, we feel like we got most of most of those guys that were junior college guys are returning guys now. Uh Davion Inyang, you know, played mostly special teams, but he's really coming into his own at that strong safety position. So um but those are some of the new faces we brought in that really have made up, you know, stepped in and done some really good things on the defensive side of the ball so far to this point in practices. Jim, let's take a phone call. Brandon joins us at 880-5763. Brandon, welcome to UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel. Good evening. Thank you, John. Thank you for having me on. Hey, I would just ask Coach Gavin Hardison. I missed the early part of the show. How is he throwing the football? Uh, Brandon, he is um, throwing the ball extremely well. I am so uh, pleased with where he is and his progression uh, within our system. And the ball comes out of his hands um, it's going to be fun, you know, to watch him play Saturday because the ball's coming out of his hands with so much rotation uh, on it. He's just got a, a really a howitzer for an arm, and he's getting really good at his touch passes and controlling his his intermediate passing game as well. So really looking forward to him throwing the ball extremely well this weekend. So it'll be fun for everybody to see him out there and see how he's progressed and got himself ready to play. All right, if the ball is coming out of his hand so well, Coach, I expect to see the ball go in the air about 70 times, okay? 70 Seven times, Brandon. <laughs> well, Brandon, or you, can, or you can call me Faith, Coach, if you'd like. Oh. Brandon is my real name, but Faith Laufenberg is what I've always gone by. Uh, that sounds familiar, Babe Laufenberg. Yeah, yeah, I think I, mean, I know that guy. You're me to did, you try to mask, did you mask your voice? Did you mask your voice for me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know if you, you'd be able to pick it up. Gonna, no, but, uh, on, you were setting me up, weren't you? Huh? 70 yeah, times? Okay. I mean, you got to run not? a little play action. Right? Yeah. You know, but yeah. This sounds like a quarterback. It kid. sounds like a quarterback. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Coach and John. Yeah. Has anybody ever been an offensive guru, right, getting that title that runs yeah. the ball? They're all, they all yeah. know it. Bill yeah, Bill Parcells. <laughs> Well, but he was never a guru, right? He was never a guru. Want, if you want guru status, the ball's got to go in the air. It's got to go. It's got to be Mike Leach style, right? Mike's a guru. I love it. Right? I love it. Hey, Coach, yeah. now, I am going to be it's there. The, so when, when you it. hear the guy from the stands 
with Joe Willie. My son's coming. We're both going to be there at the game oh, Saturday. Good. Cowboys, Can't wait to see you know, you. don't play until yeah. the following week in Los Angeles. But yeah. when you hear the guy screaming, get the ball in the air, you'll know it's one of the two of them. <laughs> Meathead. Meatheads, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want to call you names, but I will if I'm forced to. <laughs> if you have to, I'm not throwing it enough. I love it. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. Can't wait. No, I'll, I'll, Babe, I'll we look forward to seeing you this yeah, we look forward yeah. to seeing you this weekend, and we look forward to hearing you and Brad yeah. again this year, right here on Six Hundred. Yep. Okay, and, and you're going to bring us another victory. Yep. Oh, hey, well, we we got the opener last year. We're going to get this one. That's a. And unlike yep. last year, we're going to get a couple more after this one. That's no doubt, it. buddy. No doubt. Hey, no very doubt. quickly, no uh, I do want to say, hey, for all the UTEP fans, and I, I don't just say this lightly. John does a fantastic job. I listen to the games. You know, I either watch them online or I listen. And, and you really do, John, do a fantastic job. You're, you're, they're, they're lucky to have you there. Uh, I will say that. And uh, I, I do tell Brad Sham, I told Brad, hey, who, who's our play-by-play guy for the Cowboys and who's been doing it 40 years, sure. this guy, sure. John at UTEP, I mean, he's pretty good. So I said, don't give me any lip because I'll just I'll signal for the right-hander out of the bullpen in a heartbeat. <laughs> You know, that's right. I, I got the bullpen. Yeah, yeah, I'm available. I am available. Yeah, you He's kind of got the Raleigh Fingers mustache going right now, too, babe. So I love it. I love it. Well, I'll let you, I'll, I'll quit babe, ruining babe, we look show. For... Yeah, and I'll see you all on Saturday. No, it's great to have you on. Thanks for calling. We appreciate you calling. We'll see you this weekend. Yeah, miss you, buddy. Yes, sir. See ya. All right. You never know who's going to call the program, huh? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, you bet you. And, of course, Babe and Brad Sham uh, will be right here on 600 ESPN El Paso uh, this year. Uh, uh, Sal, are they on KLAQ? Are the Cowboys on KLAQ? I may I may have misspoken on that. Yeah, they are on KLAQ. That's right. 95.5, our sister station on the uh, on the FM dial. All right, talking about the UTEP defense, obviously a lot of fortifications on the uh, in the front seven with uh, with transfers i'm really looking to see how kelton moss and keenan stewart in particular hold up in the middle of that miners defensive line and let's see if the miners can be a little more stout against the run right i'm looking forward to those two guys they're powerful explosive uh to really be disruptive inside and they need to you know it's going to be a great test for them now to get out there and play and play at this level and show their skill that they have and, and be really sound at what they're doing. So can't wait to watch them play, and we're developing depth. You know, we'll see quite a few guys get in there to spell those guys, too, so they don't get – it won't be like last year where Denzel and Chris had to take so many of the reps. You know what I mean? This year I think we can, we're can we deeper and we can spell these guys more uh, with the, with the Jalen Rudolphs and the Dedrick Simpsons and some of our true freshmen that we're talking about that are going to play, the Dresden Browns and the Sion. Tonga Uas that have really stepped up and shown us that they got some ability to help us in those inside spots. So looking forward to watching all those guys play. You talk about praise and how much he enjoys playing the game. He was an all-conference uh, freshman uh, a year ago. Uh, how has he improved his game? over a year ago yeah i mean it's just stronger bigger faster right uh more mature uh better preparation mind in a in in a really good place as far as he sees the bright future that he has and he's trying to grasp it and take the most of it but he's gone from 225 pounds to 245 pounds right so you got a lot bigger stronger person out there rushing on the edge and he, he was pretty good player last year so he's taken his game to another level Got some experience in the secondary. Veteran corners returning in Duran Lowe and uh, and Josh Caldwell. Uh, Justin Prince played very well in the first four games before his season came to an abrupt end uh, last year, along with uh, Broderick Harrell, who was unable to play at all. I know you're excited to have him back, and you've already talked about Davion Inyang, who will uh, serve as the Miners' nickelback when UTEP goes uh, five DBs on the field. Yeah, Davion's playing really physical and making lots of plays for us, and and uh, uh, Broderick Carroll, I think, is having a really, really good camp. And JP's our leader back there. And then you got Duran and Josh as the starting corners. But I'll tell you what, Dennis Barnes is really coming on, too. He's going to be a hard guy to keep Chico off. transfer. The, uh, he's going to be a hard guy to keep off the field for us. Uh, in the secondary, and we have some up-and-coming guys really moving up. Mikel Brassard is a very, very talented young freshman for us. Tyreek James is a junior college player we redshirted last year that's got some 
ability. So there's some depth in that secondary. And then Deshaun Trotter, Quayshon Chisholm are two guys that we brought in that uh, we watched. We kept watching DBs and watching them and watching them, and we kept seeing Deshaun Trotter and Quayshon Chisholm. And we're like, these guys are players, and we and we got them here now, and they're just progressing. You know, they need time because of the condensed time frame we have. They need time to catch up, but they're catching up daily, and uh, and their physical good. Quayshon's just a really good football player, uh, and then Deshaun's a great athlete. So I feel really good about our secondary and where it's moving, what direction we're moving uh, in at that position for sure. You know, you talked about good-looking bodies in particular. Trotter, who's another junior college transfer, six yeah. foot three in safety. Yeah, six he's three. Pretty. He's pretty, he looks like some of those. USC safeties that USC yes. have to ha- used to have back in the day, and he can move and he's fast and and uh, and um, I keep saying if he's not going if he's not going to get on the field in the secondary, then he might be moved to receiver pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and again, the, the 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 challenge for Mike Cox and his defensive staff, as we've discussed, is just the need for that minor defense to become more disruptive in 2020. Yeah. Only ten takeaways. A year ago, just five interceptions, five fumble recoveries, and uh, the Miners have got to get that number up. We've got to create more turnovers. They really do. They really do. We really got to do some really, you know, disruptive things on defense and make things happen on defense and be more explosive and get our offense better field positions. All right, let's go to Abraham, who calls in at 880-KROD. Abraham, welcome to UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel. Hey, John. Hey, Dana. I hope everything is well and you guys are safe. Um... Coach Demo, I was just Thank wondering you. how things with recruiting have changed with COVID nineteen and for your class of twenty one. Oh uh, yeah, great question. You know, um, the recruiting piece for us, Abraham. Uh, you know, it's dead period, right? Everything's still in a dead period, so we can't leave the campus. Players cannot come here. So at this game, we won't have any players, you know, with us. And so what's happened with recruiting right now is what we're encouraging players to do is put together highlight videos of them running plays, you know, doing movement skills that we desire to see them do, things that we know are important for the characteristics that we want to see at the position and sending them to us so we can evaluate them because obviously it's going to be a very interesting numbers year too for people, right? Because, uh, you know, programs can oversign this year as far as your 85 number. You know, you can sign and have more guys on your roster than 85 if you choose to next season, you know, but how many programs will actually do that uh, will be interesting to see. And so, you know, the recruiting piece is going to be very, very interesting as we move forward with what we're doing. Obviously, there's been a huge advantage for us uh, with this what's happened with these years getting these guys getting an extra year of eligibility uh, because we're going to get out of that blue shirt we're going to be able to finally get out of the blue shirt cycle that we inherited when we got here and it's going to allow us to catch up and so you know what it's going to do is allow us not this year but the following year to really sign a, a class of 25 you may be 20 22 guys of true scholarship initials and not have to blue shirt a bunch of guys like we've done in previous years so that's kind of how this is affecting us in some ways it's a it's going to be a positive long-term effect for us and again you needed all that immediate help from the junior college ranks this year once right. you get back to some kind of normalcy exactly. perhaps more of a high school cycle exactly. in terms of it's going to allow us to well. re- push the reset button sure. and finally catch up uh, to what we had inherited, which I visited about earlier. You know, not a whole lot of young talent and not very many scholarships to work with. You know, your spring recruiting was also done all virtually. Can you see a scenario where you're not going to be able to, your next crop of kids that you signed in December, and let's hope it's not that way, right. but you won't have seen any of them in person? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't see how it's going to – I mean, right now I don't think there's any plans to get coaches out in the fall. I know that as of this point. I know our coaches convention, our annual coaches convention right now is set to be virtual, right? So that kind of shows you, you know, where everything's going to be, you know, with people going out because some conferences aren't playing. So it's kind of – if you're not playing, how can you be out recruiting? You know what I mean? That's an advantage in itself because now you don't have to worry about playing. You can recruit. So I don't think they're going to let anybody out until until the, 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 the winter at best, you know, until the next next annual. Abraham, I appreciate your call. We're going to step aside, take our Thanks. last time out. And when we come back, we'll have some uh, parting words as we wrap up this edition of UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel from the Larry K. Durham Center. 
Back after this on 600 ESPN El Paso. Final segment of the second show of the season. We'll be back a week from tonight uh, analyzing the uh, opener against uh, Stephen F. Austin and looking ahead to the Miners and the Texas Longhorns a week from Saturday at uh, Daryl K. Royal Memorial Stadium in Austin. That's next Wednesday at 6 o'clock, our next edition of UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel. Pepsi is the official beverage sponsor of the UTEP Miners. Pepsi, that's what I like. Again, remember the gates uh, open at 5. Uh, the parking lots open at 4. The box offices on the north and south end of the stadium also open at 4 o'clock. We'll be on the air at 6 uh, with a Longhorn Distributing Countdown to Kickoff Show. The Miners and the uh, Stephen F. Austin Lumberjacks kickoff at 7 o'clock here in the Sun Bowl Stadium. What are you expecting to see? What do you think we'll see on Saturday night? Uh, you know, it's going to be... Um quite a game you know obviously everybody's been waiting for football you know and it's going to be neat to see the stadium the new stadium you know as far as what we've done to to our wonderful sun bowl to see all the renovations and uh you know i expect to see a stephen f austin team that'll be excited to play just like we are and will be a great test to see how we're going to start off the season you know so i'm very anxious and and uh very much uh knowing that we're going to be into a you know a very tough competitive uh, playing against a very tough competitive football team in Stephen F Austin. Really important to try and get off on the right foot and develop a winning culture here at UTEP. Yeah. So hopefully uh, Saturday will be a start in that exactly. direction. Exactly. Yeah, it just takes a couple wins, John, to get us back and rolling, you know what I mean? And that's what these kids need right now. So, you know, hopefully we can go out Saturday night and get a good a great win for our program and get us moving, get that momentum going. And with this being a much uh, different year, there's no telling uh, what's what, what's going to happen in 2020, <laughs> is there? Huh? No, there's no telling what's going to happen the rest of this week, right? That's, that's for sure. Well, we, uh, we certainly look forward to uh, the Miners and their opener on uh, Saturday. Dim, thanks. Always fun. And uh, best of luck as we open the 2020 season against yeah. the Lumberjacks right down below us yeah. on Saturday. It'll be great to work with you again on a game, too, John. Looking you betcha. Again, 6 o'clock for our call right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for being with us. We'll join you again this time next week. We'll talk UTEP football on another edition of UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel. Deals at Carl's Jr. Feed your happy. Wear a mask and gloves for those you love. Don't let your guard down now. Back in the 80s, National Lampoon's Vacation was the best road trip comedy ever. Yep, the Griswold family tore across America, and no one loved it more than my mom. Yes! This movie has everything I love and deserve. So pack your bags so I can unpack them and then repack them again properly. Because the Goldbergs are going on vacation! I don't know, Mom. That family's trip seems super stressful and difficult, and they like each other. But we have one week left before Barry and Erica jet off to college. It's 10 minutes away. On nice days, I might walk. And Adam's starting life as a high school upperclassman. Now when the juniors throw food at me, they'll be my...